Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Welcome back to Med Family. This week we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do a spouses edition. So today I am joined by Jamie. Hi. And Brittany. Hey everyone. And we're just going to talk about kind of how our spouses journey is through med school because as much as the student is in school, it drastically affects your family life. And we just kind of wanted to have a conversation about that and the challenges and the triumphs of being a med school spouse. So I just kind of wanted to get started off with the journey to get to med school. So I don't know if I don't, I actually haven't heard either one of your guys' journeys to med school. So who wants to start us off? (laughs) Uh, I can, I guess. (laughs) I feel like mine's, like, pretty, I don't know, different. I guess kind of the same in a lot of ways. Like, we started off, like, undergrad, and Mason decided he wanted to go to med school, so he took the prereqs, and then took the MCAT, and passed it, and then applied, and he got a couple of interviews at some U.S. schools, so we started off at a U.S. school in Kansas City, and that school didn't work out, so then we looked to transfer, and that's when we transferred to Trinity. So did you feel like the interview process was different for each school? Yeah, it's so long ago. <laughs> I feel like Trinity was a lot easier, but a lot of the U.S. schools were pretty similar. Like, you'd fly out. You, We would fly Mason out usually, like, the day before because we didn't want to fly in, like, the day of and just have him, like stressed about missing a connecting flight or being late yeah or jet lag and so he could have like the morning before to like get himself all prepped I guess Mm -hmm. and they were pretty similar I didn't go on them but it seemed like he just like interviewed toward the campus talked to some of the students on there on the campus and came home but with Trinity I think it was all just like over the phone and online and stuff yeah I think we did a video chat can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did Seth apply to U.S. schools or how did his journey kind of go? Yeah. So he, I mean, I feel like for the most part, getting into the U.S., into a U.S. school is kind of like the priority. Like if you can get into a U.S. school or have that opportunity, usually that's the best way to go. Usually, unlike Jamie's circumstance. <laughs> but so, yeah, so he, he actually applied to med schools and PA schools because he was still kind of in limbo on which one that he wanted to do. And so he didn't get any interviews or get on any wait list the first round for med school. Um, But he did get wait listed and had an interview at a PA school in San Francisco. And so we were kind of just in this like limbo on, okay, are we going to get in? Like if we don't get in, like do we want to wait a whole nother year and reapply? Or do we just like want to try out like a Caribbean school and just kind of see where it goes because we know that we could like start that right away. And we were kind of at the point in like our family where we didn't want to wait that extra year because we already had a, we already had a child. We already like knew what our goals were and we just were ready to get started and didn't want to, didn't want to have to wait a a whole nother year 
and also have the potential to be disappointed again if we didn't get in. So we just decided to apply for Trinity. Uh, we didn't know a whole lot about Caribbean schools, just the stigma of, yeah, you know, this, like, last, last resort almost, but... Like 300 kids class sizes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huge. So we just tried it out, and we just came to the realization that it was just better for us and our family to just get started on the journey rather than wait another year. So that's when we just pulled the trigger on Trinity. So did, I know this, when we applied, the school hooked us up with a couple people to talk to that had families on the island. So we kind of had that, I don't know, advice mm-hmm. <laughs> on like what to bring. Did you guys have that as well? I didn't. I I was like super nervous the whole time that I was going to be like the only person who was a wife or the only person who had kids. And because I think I was, so it was a year before you and I went there, um, what, like a term? Yeah, Yeah. like four months before you got there. And so I was super nervous in that regard. I was just praying and was so hopeful that I, I could have some friends there because they, I didn't have that experience and we didn't really know what to bring. And we just kind of went in blind, which was definitely hard. It was a lot more of a developing country than I realized it was going to be. And so that definitely put a kink in things, but but it was fine. We we managed and we had, or right after we got married, we lived in Puerto Rico. So that kind of gave us, gave us a little insight on island life and how to manage things. But St. Vincent was definitely a lot different than Puerto Rico. So, but we did it and it all worked out, but yeah. So I didn't have that help, but I was really happy that I could give that help to other people. Yeah, so when I was coming, I think I reached out to Brittany. I can't remember the people. I think it was Brittany and, like, one or two other people that kind of, like, gave us some advice and tips for things to bring, especially with kids. Like, you can't bring it. It's, like, impossible to buy a high chair there or, like, bring a high chair. It's, like, what do you do with, like... Well, and it's, like, you have pretty much four suitcases you can bring. What do you pick and choose to fit in those four suitcases when you have a family and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, that was that was the, the biggest thing because, like, international flights, you get to, but on the way back, like, because mm-hmm. on the way back, you have to pay. So it was always funny when people were leaving the island, they were just getting rid of everything, which makes perfect sense. But it was it was nice to have that because I think when we first got there, we were on the, the buy-sell page quite a bit and being like, okay, what can we do? Because mm-hmm. we didn't pack a lot of toys for the kids. Mm-hmm. And we were fortunate enough to get there when a lot of families oh, fortunate or unfortunate I guess right. you could look at it both ways because like everybody I talked to left but we got several toys for the kids that we weren't able to pack and we just mm-hmm. donated them when we left we were the opposite then yeah. families were already there so we only had like five toys at our house <laughs> so when you guys were there were there a lot of other families because I think I had a different experience than you guys did mm-hmm. because when we were there, COVID hit, so we were like one of the few families to stay, mm-hmm. and so we were by ourselves quite a bit. Yeah, no, we we there were quite a few families, and when we went, I mean, way more than I plus. thought. Like yeah. I thought there would be like none when we first applied. Exactly. So like having one other family was. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's probably at least five, maybe more. Yeah, I think so. Um, families who all had little kids. And everyone, for the most part, I mean, kids are kids, but everyone got along and played well. And you just kind of make that group your family because that's all you have. 
so yeah so i think we planned pool days and days to go to the beach and just i think for the most part everyone tried really hard to be able to keep each other sane <laughs> and just uh do things together and get the kids out so i think that is something that's super important when going through this journey is putting not like putting yourself out there becoming friends with people and letting your kids just be kids because it can be hard when you're just like all by yourself and alone and just having the mentality to not just like you know what i mean though like to get out to make friends yeah because it's super easy to get in your head and feel super lonely so did you all live on campus or do you guys have off-campus housing i didn't i, I know because when we got there seth was off campus I lived in Thomas, which not, there were any other families in that complex, Um, but Brittany was off campus and lived pretty close to us, so we would hang out. I probably hung out with Brittany more than any of the other families. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we lived off campus, and my living arrangements were quite a bit better than, I would say, the, the rest of the students lived. However, I think if I were to do it again, I would live on campus mainly because of the convenience of things. So like the way it worked for me is I I lived right off of the main road of the bus stop or the bus route. And so I would have to go stand up on the main road and wave one of the school buses down for them to stop for me. And I mean, in St. Vincent, drivers are crazy and there's no sidewalks. It's just legit a crappy road and they go fast and I was right on a corner. Standing with your two-year-old. Standing with my two-year-old. It was, looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? (laughs) But it was like a very dangerous situation. However, what else was I going to do? If I wanted to go grocery shopping, you know, you have to wave the bus down to get on the bus to take the bus, or have the bus take you to the grocery store. So, yeah, I think I would either live, like, on a house right off of camp, or, like, right by the school, or live on campus. Because I think it's just the convenience of it is just much, much better for your safety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we didn't have that option because we were so large. So we ended up up getting a car and renting. And I think that was a good situation. It was just unfortunate that, like, Eric took the car to school. So unless I wanted to wake up and get all the kids in the car and drop Eric off, and then I could have the car to do what I wanted... And then pick him up when it's dark out at night. Like, mm-hmm. I was fine driving during the day on the island. Driving at night on the island, not so much. Because, I mean, those roads are narrow and... Windy. You could drop off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, not going to do that. With my kid. Like, and, and the road up to the school, I think, was the... I made the mistake of going that back way the one mm-hmm. time. And I was just like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> 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 Never doing this again. <laughs> oh, gosh. And it's not like there's like really street lights either too. So it's it's like right. very dark, very windy roads and definitely right. sketchy. But I did kind of envy all the all the families that were in like the complex, like exactly. Kanash or whatever because there's the pool there. Like they can just walk over, have play dates, all that stuff. And I was like that's kind of nice, but I mean the flip side is I had four kids that were really young. I was like the, I, living in an apartment, somebody's going to hate us because we're going to be too loud. Mhm. Well, and there's cons to living in the complexes as well, but... I like living in the complex. It was also nice, even though, like, there weren't any of the other families there, I do feel like I connected more with the students, because when we'd ride the buses, like, it was the same 
students yeah. waiting for the buses, the same student online, like my bus. And so you just get talking to them. And we made some good friends, like just from being on the buses, mm -hmm. which was nice too, even though they didn't have kids and they were in very different circumstances than us. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like a lot, I don't know. I don't know about your guys' terms, but I felt like a lot of times the kids were, there's a kid we're going to yeah. play with him. <laughs> Which was kind a little of light of joy yes, in there at <laughs> school. So that was interesting because that was the opposite at the school we were at before. Like when we'd walk around with our kid, people would like give us weird looks. Like, why do you have like a kid in med school? Like, why do you have a kid? Like, mm -hmm. this doesn't make sense. But then on Trin like at Trinity, people just like loved it and just loved seeing the kids on campus and around and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if so. I don't know if you guys ever toured any DO schools. But, like, the DO schools that we toured, they had talked about, well, we do the... The osteopathy. Yeah, the doctor of osteopathic medicine, yeah. They they would do, like, their fake clinical visits where you would perform mm. a clinical visit on a an actor. And then they would give you feedback on how they felt mm. a, about how the thing went and everything. And I, I thought that was interesting because I was like, well... Yeah, as doctors, like you walk in and you do your job, but you're also you're you're doing your job on another person. So it seemed like that that type of medicine t tended to focus more on okay, you're going to explain what you're doing to the person. You're like this is because I mean you are doing it to their body. They should mm -hmm. they kind of deserve to know, and it puts them at ease and all this stuff. Whereas I didn't really get that same feeling when we toured the MD schools, but I feel like Trinity kind of was a little bit similar in that where they focus on the relationship between you and the patient or the relationship between you and your coworkers and all that stuff in addition to being a doctor. And I thought that was a good thing. I don't know. Well, it, well come to see. I mean, cause <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are, I guess, pluses and negatives to anything, but I know Caribbean schools have a stigma, so we'll see. We're, we're currently looking at places to do away rotations. And you, when you look at those, like there are several hospitals that won't even look at you if you're, a Caribbean med, med mm -hmm. student, so an IMG, yeah. So what, I don't know, for for me, once everybody left the island, that was the hardest for me because it was me and the four kids and Eric was gone from seven to seven. So that was the hardest point of med school for me, <laughs> <laughs> just not having that interaction. What was hardest for you guys so far? I was trying to like think back about this and I was talking to Seth and I was just like, for the most part, so we're... On, in our fourth year right now and just about done. Hopefully we'll be matching in March. And we were, I was just like thinking back on it and I vaguely remember hard things, but in the moment things seem insanely hard. They seem like you're not gonna get through it and they seem like the world is ending sometimes. However, now in hindsight, I can barely even remember those hard times. You just you just get through it and you just do your thing and then you, you like you know like then you finally make it to the end and you're just like holy cow it's surreal but also like those hard times just kind of fade away in your mind and you you just get through it but I think for the most part the hardest thing for Seth and I our relationship is obviously just the time um my biggest love love language is quality time and so it was definitely challenging during mainly the first two years like right and up until step one is kind of where it's the most time consuming the hardest they have to study the most vigorous that for for us at least is how our journey went but 
Seth, I think, I think it's really good to set boundaries and communicate with your spouse on how you're going to make things work. Because for Seth and I, if the first few months we didn't really like set boundaries and we didn't really communicate to each other like what we needed to basically survive this journey together, <laughs> and, you know, and if you don't communicate, then you're, it's, it's just going to make life super hard. So something that we did was Seth was home for dinner every night and then, and which was something that was really important for me. Like it was important for me to have that time with him. And it was also important for our son to have that time as well. And so no matter like what he was doing, he'd be home for dinner. And then if he needed to go back and study or if he needed to, you know, like study through the night at home or whatnot, um, he would do that. Or he was also really good at waking up early in the morning to get studying done, which I really appreciated as well. And so that was something that we we just like treasured that time and it was super important. And then the other thing is on Saturdays, every other Saturday he would try to be done like when my son's nap time was over. So once he woke up from nap, then it was daddy time. And I think it's just good to, yes, med school is really important. And yes, they need to spend a lot of time on it. And yes, there are quite a few times where it will come before family. However, it's really important to still set expectations just so everyone's on the same page. And then that way feelings don't get hurt or you're just like, everyone's just aware and knows exactly what's going to happen. And then that way you'll get through it, you know, like you'll just be able to get through those hard times. So that was something that really helped us. I feel like just the unknowns all the time. I don't know. Yeah. The unknowns. Yeah. Packing was hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Packing was hard. <laughs> Moving was hard. And it's, it's kind of hard too to like, I mean, cause most of our, I mean, our husbands are older. Like we have a lot of friends who have families who are like stable and have jobs and you know it's kind of hard to like look at your friends and be like like why can't I have that already you know you're like I'm at this point in my life where I feel like we could be there you know but yeah I don't know so that kind of unknown too is hard but I totally get you with the unknowns unknowns not feeling like you can plan like yeah very far in advance right right we're like we get to residency we'll be in one spot for at least three years yeah (laughs) but we don't know where that one spot will be right um no (laughs) eric and i did something similar where sundays sundays were a no study day that was family day and he'd be home if he didn't make it in home for dinner he was home to read the kids a story before bed and I would wait to have dinner with Eric, which is kind mm-hmm. of what our schedule is here too. Mm-hmm. Is it doesn't if he doesn't make it home in time for dinner, which he rarely does, he'll make it in home home in time to read to the kids. Which is nice. But the unknown <laughs> that, that is a very good way to put it. The unknown. <laughs> yeah, like each rotation you don't know what it's gonna bring or the schedule it's gonna bring. Mm-hmm. So it can't be like consistent the whole year always. Right? Yeah, Eric and I were planning out his last, like, from January to July when he's in his last, like, three cores. I'm like, okay, do you know when your online time is? Because, like, Nora (laughs) has her follow-up eye appointment, and, like, Mm -hmm. that's a two-hour drive, and hopefully Oliver will be in speech by then. We don't know. So, (laughs) so I was just like, I need to plan out the doctor's appointments for when I don't have to pay a babysitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, I mean, that's all... 
but you don't know what like if they're gonna be able to take that day off or right, what. Right. right. Don't schedule it on a Friday. That's a shelf day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all those things. But I just think it's kind of crazy because Eric and I were talking about this because we are stationed in Georgia and basically all the cores are within a couple hour drive. But we were talking about it and if we would have gotten into the school in Yakima, like cores, you could travel to different states like really yeah interesting every four to six weeks and it's just like well we might not have seen eric for like a year (laughs) which is crazy to think about because i don't know i don't know it's hard on a family yeah so is that something that's pretty common for a lot of med schools in the states i think so because they just find you cores wherever even the pcom students Mm -hmm. that have been doing some rotations here like they'll be in atlanta or they'll be here or for savannah yep in augusta or something but so i don't know it's kind of interesting to think about i mean that's probably going to be my life starting september because if eric gets any away electives Mm -hmm. that's gonna be what that is eh? (laughs) yeah so I was really thankful that I had talked to Ruth because when before coming to the island, because she was talking about how if you come into this experience with expectations, it's either going to be worse or better than you expect. So just come into it thinking you're going to have an experience (laughs) and whatever the experience is, it's only for a short time, right? So you can get through this. And that really helped because, yeah. like, I tend to overthink things a lot. <laughs> and so it's just like, all right, well, we're just going to do this. And so on, I don't know if when you guys were on the island, there was, we had water shortage mm-hmm. and we had controlled, they black out certain parts of the island mm-hmm. at times. And so that was always interesting, especially with four kids. I can't just go somewhere. So it's like, okay, well, we know they're going to turn the power off. So what are we going to do today? So, because we don't have air conditioning. So (laughs) yeah, you just kind of learn to roll with the punches, I think. Exactly. Which can be hard, but you just got to do it. (laughs) I think that was probably the best piece of advice I got. I don't know. What advice would you give people if you thought about it? Honestly, probably the same thing. Because I don't, the the unknowns part for me was like a big deal because I'm just like you, Jamie. Like I was such a planner. I just needed to just know where we were gonna be, what we were gonna be doing, and it's just like you just can't you can't think that way because you just don't know. And there's just so many unknowns. So I think the biggest thing that I like learned is to just be able to step back and just even though it can be hard to just like enjoy where you're at and try not to just think about the future because. You literally like, or not try and plan the future. You can think about it, but probably not plan because you just don't know. Like you, you can't plan the future really when you're in med school. And I think that was just like a big learning experience for me is step, take that step back, just like enjoy where you're at and just roll with it because that's all you can do. And I know when I was there, a lot of people were planning on going to Baltimore for like uh, rotations, but then the school kind of flipped on them kind of suddenly and like, no, we're going to like base in Warner Robins now. And so I think for a lot of people that were like planning on going to Baltimore or had moved to Baltimore, it was a little difficult for that too. 
Yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, you had, you moved to Baltimore? Uh-huh, yeah, I we were like that. dead set on Baltimore. See, there's my planning, and <laughs> it just gets turned right side up on you, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, we were dead set on Baltimore. I, Georgia at that time was a, had just barely started, like it was a very small option. Like, yeah, Mason was like the first one to start rotations here. Yeah, mm-hmm, and so we we're just like, well, first off, we're like, Georgia, like, well, the heck's in Warner Robins, Georgia? Well, nothing. So that's the thing. <laughs> but, like... Especially compared to Baltimore. <laughs> exactly. We're just, like... We were really excited to, like, kind of live the city life and be close to, like, D.C. and New York and all that stuff. We thought that would be really fun. And so we were we were pretty dead set on Baltimore. And then the... Pretty much... I don't know. We, like, we had even, like, picked out housing. And we were just, like... We were pretty ready to go. And then it was, like, a month before we really needed to start getting things together and, like, moving. And we just kind of, like, slowly started to think about Georgia. And we're, like, well, what about this? Like, the school seems like it's kind of progressing more towards Georgia. Like, do we think it would be a better idea to just go to Georgia? Because the education would be better there. Like, the... Like, the preceptor to student ratio was really good and we're just like so these just like little things just kept coming and coming we're like okay like we get it we need to go to Georgia (laughs) but so yeah so that was it flipped within like a few weeks of of um just kind of like having that realization and so that's the that's the thing like you just never know you just (laughs) you can't plan you just got to kind of roll with the punches and just Figure it out together with your spouse, which I think is really important. Well, when we first got into Trinity, there was both options, but Georgia was a fairly new option. And like when we were talking about it, we're like, well, cost of living in Maryland is so much more expensive. I was like, we don't really want to take that much more out in loans. Mm -hmm. Like we had always had the idea that we were going to come to Georgia. I was just surprised. I had like a little freak out moment on the island because people were having a hard time finding places to live. And I was like, oh, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, I had had already started, like, saving possible, like, rentals. And Eric's like, well, let's just – I think it was a Sunday night, and I was just freaking out. And he's like, well, let's just email a bunch of these places and just see – and we got an email back the next day, and we had signed a lease the day after that. And like, I was awesome. like, oh, this wasn't that hard. <laughs> I was freaking out over nothing. <laughs> but I think we got lucky compared to some. Yeah. Because it's, it's interesting because there's so many just, like, little tidbits that you don't think about. Um, for instance, like, when you're picking, trying to rent a place, like, you don't think about, oh, a lot of places aren't going to accept student loans as income. Or they're not going to rent to me because of, you know, I guess that's the biggest reason, but there's a few others. And so I think that's the biggest reason why people have a hard time finding rentals is because you're not making any money. And even though you have the money to pay rent, they won't accept you. So you kind of have to most, I think, because you guys have a We got lucky because our landlord's husband is in the military so Mm. she had no problem working around the time difference she had no problem with like we're coming internationally we can't see the place she had no problem with a fellow student just driving by she's like I'll give them a tour if they want like Mm -hmm. so I I think in that regard we got extremely lucky because yeah she's done international moves herself Mm -hmm. and so she was willing to work with us on all of that Mm -hmm. and you guys have your own 
landlord, right? You don't go yeah, through we property do, but management. When we first came here, like we only had like a week or two notice before we were like, oh, we're going to Georgia. So we had to find a place like really quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the problem was uh, most places we looked are like there's like you want somewhere next week like we don't have anything <laughs> available like you're crazy like we don't have anything available for like moving next week so that was kind of crazy but then we moved to a house and yeah we had we were able to tour it and the landlord was fine about us just paying out of student loans yeah i don't know i think the move to georgia might have been harder than the move to the island because like the move to the island, I had it in my mind that you just get rid of everything, right? Mm -hmm. You get rid of everything, you pare it down, you're just not going to buy anything for like a year and a half, two years. So buy kids clothes in a little bit of a, like a little <laughs> bit too big or a variety of sizes, right? Mm -hmm. And just go. And then coming back, like we moved into a house, I was like, well, the house is empty. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, and trying, we actually paid for rent, I think, the month before we got here. And so, like, Heather was nice enough to drive by and put boxes in our garage so that when we got here, we'd have mattresses to sleep on. Mm -hmm. Right? And mm -hmm. I was just like, I think it took a lot more that planning. That you guys, like, previously purchased. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We had them sent to the house, mm -hmm. and she just pulled them in. Yeah. Right? So I was like, it took a lot more planning to move back to the states that did yeah. to move away right mm -hmm, and i was, definitely. was not anticipating that yeah because now instead of well most people just had like either a one or two bedroom apartment that they filled with like a couple suitcases and then now you come here and you have a three four bedroom house and you're like how do i even fill this space it's so much space compared to what we had before <laughs> right i think some students though have it pretty like pretty good like i was thinking about Chris's situation, like he went to the island, he stayed in uh, the apartments on the island, he came here, he's staying in an Airbnb, so oh, wow. they've got the bed, they've got all the kitchen supplies, like he doesn't have to buy anything, and then when he moves next for residency, that's going to be when, like, he, I don't know, he might still stick with the Airbnb, mm -hmm. or I know some students do like the extended stay, which I thought was interesting, like living in a hotel, mm -hmm. but I guess, theoretically, it might make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Then furnishing and Especially, moving costs. Yeah. When you move here and you don't know how long you're going to be here or where you're going to be for fourth year mm -hmm. and where you're going to go for residency. So. Yeah. I think there's a little bit more flexibility in the single students than married. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I think that is also kind of good to know. Like. Yeah. And something kind of along those lines is I was coming into this or coming into third year I and fourth year, I was anticipating a lot more travel. Like I kind of just like assumed that either Seth would be gone away from us or like we would go with him to all these away rotations. And he only had two and we went with him for one of them. And I don't know, like would now with like COVID and stuff, I don't know if things are going to go back to normal, but for the most part, like spending the money, like living in a living in an Airbnb or whatever for those first years or whatever, because like you don't know if you're gonna be going away for fourth year, like traveling all around and whatnot. But like for us, I was surprised how much we stayed here. Like I I had I had anticipated going all over 
just to rent just to other different places for elective rotations but i was surprised on how much we just stayed here for electives well i think that kind of depends on your timeline as well like Mm -hmm. eric and i were doing our timeline like how many electives can he get done before we actually submit his application Mm -hmm. and it's only like three maybe four and And are those six week ones or four week four Four, six yeah yeah. um so we're really concentrating on getting three away rotations where he might possibly apply for a residency yeah exactly maybe a fourth one but like after that I don't think he really cares because like yeah exactly I mean you're doing the work but at that point you've already submitted your application they're already doing interviews like those references aren't going to come in in time to even be looked at Mm -hmm. and so I look at the Joseph like Joseph has a year he could do every away elective that he wanted and pick what what letters or whatever he wants submitted and he could be fine. Like, mm-hmm. so he could, he could really make use of away elective. So I think it really kind of depends on the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of the same situation as Mason, right? Like he could have, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just depends on yeah. when he gets step done. Yeah. But even then, like he, he should have a good amount of time. We hope. Hopefully we'll see. Yeah. Was it what you thought it would be just being in med school with your spouse? Like, it wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought I'd see Eric a lot less. I mean, I don't see him a lot, but I see him more than I think I thought I would. Yeah, I agree. I think if your husband, or, okay, I think time management is super important. And if you set a schedule and you just, like, set your expectations to logically, then it's it's not it's not as bad as you think. Anyone can get through it. Any family can get through it. And I think you have a lot to look forward to as well, so... I think part of it too, like they need to study, but they also need to like make sure they don't get burnt out. So they also need like that time to break and like maybe play with their kids or talk to their spouse. Like there's a balance in your life. Like you can't just, well, some students can't study all day, every day, but I think for most people, like they need some of the social time with the people they care about. And so for spouses, like medical husbands or wives or whatever, sometimes that time's just like with their family to hmm kind of get a break but sometimes it's not a break but mm-hmm. <laughs> a change of pace a, change of pace. <laughs> a different way that your brain works right yeah. <laughs> yeah so both of you have had kiddos as well as Ruth and Kylie so did you guys plan your kiddos to when you guys were about to transition back to the states or did you just kind of deal with things as they came well, I didn't want to get pregnant on the island. Absolutely not. So we definitely <laughs> waited till we were off the island just because I didn't want to deal with any complications while on the island. Same. So we definitely waited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, same. However, there were like quite a few. Three, I, I can think of three off the top yeah. of my head who got pregnant on the island and had to go through that whole experience. But I don't, none of them had their baby on the island. They all left. No, four. There's four of them. Anyway. None of them had their baby, but I think some got to like 20, maybe 25 weeks before they went back to the States or something, like at the end of a term or however that worked out for them. But yeah, there's quite a few who who did their first trimester on the island and I was like, you guys are troopers because that would be hard. Like 
can't really fulfill any of your cravings yeah. like it's like so difficult so they're troopers but yeah no we definitely planned to never get pregnant on the island yeah that was me too <laughs> yeah i don't think eric and i cared if we got pregnant on the island as long as we would have the baby in the states mm-hmm. but that obviously didn't happen so mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was interesting that was a conversation with a lot of couples that like we had and it was interesting to different people's views. My mm-hmm. my view was like if you have access to the better medical care, why wouldn't you take it? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I did find it funny. I think within like the first term that we were on the island, Eric watched uh, a C section and he came back and he's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean it was done well and the mom and the baby were fine and everything, but he's just like we, we have been accustomed to U.S. Mm-hmm. medical care. Yeah. We've gone through this four times, and it is nothing like what we're used to, right? Exactly. But I never actually did see the hospital on the island. Did either of you? Just drove past. Yeah, just the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, I feel like that's like a blessing, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know, because we were going to set up like appointments with for like our pediatric visits while we were on the island and we were able to with after like COVID and everything. Did you, mm. did you guys do any of that stuff for your kiddos? No, you just waited yeah. till you got back to the States. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we like, we would go back during Christmas and then, so we just like would get everything done during that time frame that we needed to. So like if Jax needed his vaccines or doctor's appointments or any, anything like that, we would, we waited till we went back to the States. We were just there for like eight months. So okay. before we left, Eli got like his 18 month appointment. And then I just figured two years wasn't mm-hmm. as important. So <laughs> I just didn't worry about it. Yeah. Judah's still behind because we moved when he was three months. Oh, wow. So he had just gotten all of his three months. And then when we got here, he got, I want to say five, four shots and then an oral. Poor kid. <laughs> and they're like, you can come back in and we'll, we'll get him up to date. And I'm like, I know. And I still need to do that. I still need to do that. But I just felt so bad. But <laughs> so he's going to have to have some more. But we didn't because COVID hit and they were wanting people to stay. I mean, although I have to say on the island, we didn't really. I mean, we maybe quarantined for like the first like two weeks. And then everybody on the island was just like, meh. <laughs> they're yeah. quarantining everybody that flies in. Yeah, exactly. And then. So, I don't know. I feel like we were extremely blessed because we got there. We didn't really have to deal with COVID on the island. And then after we left, COVID hit the island and then the volcano erupted. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got like the sweet spot, right? There we you didn't. Because <laughs> if we would have moved back to the States, we would have had to been under house arrest. Mm-hmm. Was that like, because you guys got here before we did. Was it, Georgia was still fairly open, wasn't it? Yeah, so we were coming from Utah, and Georgia was way more open than Utah was. But people, like, I don't know, from my experience, it was it was open, but people were still pretty respectful and always wore masks everywhere. Like, it didn't seem like it was a huge deal, at least in Warner Robins where we're at. There's definitely less people out and about, like, less yeah. traffic, less people in stores. Yes. Yeah. More but. stores closed for a while. I just thought it was funny because we went from the island to Washington, which Washington is very closed and like nobody wanted to see us, which was so disappointing because we're just like, "Ah, we haven't seen you guys in 
18 months. But <laughs> yeah, and then they probably thought, oh, you just flew internationally. Yep. Like, you got all the germs. <laughs> yep. So we saw very few people when we were home for Christmas and then we flew here and like nobody cared. We were just like, oh, all right, back mm -hmm. to island life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of a, a blessing because trying to keep masks on four kids is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> As I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Any last kind of words of wisdom for any married couple thinking of entering med school or on their journey? You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Man, I know. I feel like I've already given my two cents, but... <laughs> no worries. Well, thanks for listening. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, any other podcast platform, and follow us on MedFamilyMD on Instagram. Thanks.